We're going to talk this morning about God that's more than enough. We live in a world that's given you more than enough, doesn't it? I mean, just with a click of the button, you can go places you don't need to go. And you got to be careful with all that stuff because, you know, I have young people and old people, they'll say, How, Brett, what do we do? What do we do? Let me just tell you this. Here's an easy thing that you can understand. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. If it's not good, starve it out. If it's good, feed it. It'll grow. So, uh, you know, here's a, a, a USA today. If those of you that don't know what USA is, that's USA. Okay? Just saying. And this is what it says. White House faces backlash after transgender guidance. Did you know in schools now, they're wanting, you know, if you just decide, you know, this sign just says, whichever, whichever, something's wrong with that, folks. Something is definitely wrong. I mean, I've got my daughters getting married in less than a week. I got a son that got married over a year and a half ago. I got another son that's graduated. I tell you, I got grandbabies coming, whichever ain't going to cut it with me. We've got to be able to start saying, you know what, God, where are the people of God? We're the ones that stand up and say, you know what? I'm sorry, I love you, but that's not right. So we need to serve a God that's more than enough. The world has given us certainly more than enough. But we, we have a God that is ready and very available and able to give you more than the world could ever give. Say amen to that. When Jesus was presented a problem, there's 5,000 guys. They're just counting, not, they're not counting families, they're counting heads of families. 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So we all know in that story, 15 to 20,000 people. And so they're saying, we, gotta, we need to feed these guys. Even their mentality is this. It would take all of the treasury we have and still not cover that. We don't have enough money to feed these people. And Jesus, given that problem... He, he says, okay, this is what, and he gives them specific instructions on what to do. But he didn't just supply what was needed. He gave them more than enough. Have you ever had more than enough? He went over and above what met the need. We don't think like God, but we need to. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher. But let me just, can I tell you this? When you accept Jesus Christ, you get God's spirit in you. Oh, help me, somebody. Are you awake today? You got God's spirit inside you. And so with God's spirit connecting with you in your soul realm, your mind, your will, and your emotions, you connect with that. How many would care to believe that God could say, you know, here's a good idea. And you could hear that and go, this is a good idea. It might not make sense to your natural mind, but I'm telling you, we can think if God gives us the thought and we connect with him. We can have that God kind of thinking. The Bible says that they ate and they were all full. In other words, not just so they weren't hungry anymore, not just so the hunger pangs. I mean, they're full. Like, of course, they probably didn't have Levi's, so they didn't unbutton their Levi's and go, I'm full. You know, they might have loosened their strap around their robe. I don't know. (laughs) But they're full. You ever been full? Go Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, and you've eaten plenty. And then you're like, I'm full. And somebody says, hey, would you like some pie? Oh, man, your stomach is saying no, but your mind is saying yes. And you almost say, no, no, I'll eat some later. And in about another hour, you talk yourself into it. You get more than enough. You can get past full. And we understand that. And Jesus said this. He said, all right, boys, go get the leftovers. So he not only made everybody full, there's more food. There's more left, more than enough. You don't have or don't serve a just get by God. You don't serve a God that just says, here's just enough. Now, I understand he supplies all of my need. I get that. 
And he supplies so many times much more than I need. Part of my problem is I don't see past my need. Because my need is all I see. We live in a society that's I need, I need, I need, I need. But God gives us more than enough. In John 21, Jesus is on the seashore. Now he's already been to the cross. He's on the seashore and the disciples were out. They go back to life. They're out fishing. They have caught nothing all night. And this is what he says. He says, throw your net on the other side. And they did, and their nets were filled, and they pulled all these fish in. I mean, huge fish, big nets, they didn't break. You know, the story goes, Peter knows it's Jesus. He jumps over. They get into shore. He's already got food cooked for them. Now, you need to understand uh, John 21, 12 through 14. He says, come and eat breakfast. That's what Jesus is telling them. And this is the third time he's appeared to these guys. Now, you need to understand, he didn't take any of the fish that they, that they just caught. He didn't say, bring a couple fish with you. I want to cut these guys up. Let's fix these. He's already got it fixed. How many would believe that Jesus could probably beat Bobby Flay? I mean, if I'm going to have fish and I got the king of kings cooking me dinner, I think I'm good. I don't think I need to critique that. I don't think I need to judge that. It's probably going to be the best fish I ever had. Besides that, what I'm saying is he didn't just fill their nets. He didn't just put fish in their hand. He didn't take any of the fish that they had. He gave them more than enough. He went above the need and prepared that fish already for him. They already had breakfast ready. God is in the blessing business. Mm. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, we would ask or think. Can you think or ask a lot? I can think a lot. And above that, man, I could be like, yeah. But listen to this next phrase, according to the power that works in us. Did you see how that's put in there? In other words, God put some God stuff in you. God gave you some authority. God gave you some faith. He deposited some power. And according to that, above and beyond what I could ask or think. But you see, I've got to activate something. It's, this isn't where God's saying, I made you, help me with this. What's God telling you today? Are you looking at what you're insurmountable? Oh God, you don't even, man, this, this problem, this, and this is all we do. We spend so much time telling God about our mountains instead of telling our mountains about our God. What if we just change this? God, if you've given me authority and you meet all of my need, this is something past. Look at your neighbor and say perspective. You know what perspective is? Perspective will change everything. Will change everything. When, when Mallory was little, we took her to the popcorn festival in one of those little umbrella strollers. You know? And then from her point of view, all she could see was the back of people's legs and butts. Because, you know, she's just tiny. But then when I'd pick her up and she, I put her on my shoulders or put her up here, she could see like what I could see. What if we changed our perspective? What if we said, God, instead of just this problem that's in front of me, what do you see? What, what would we get if God says, you know what? This is just a speed bump here. As my wife said last week, this is just a hiccup. And we could go past that and go, man, there's more to this than that. Man, this is God. You got this. You got this. Take about five seconds. Give God a praise break. Would you do that? <laughs> there you go. 
Naomi and Ruth, remember them? Back in their time, there was a famine, and according to the law of Moses, they had the right, if you were poor, during a famine, you could have the right to go pick up scraps that the people left, that the harvesters left. You could pick the scraps up off the ground in the fields that the workers harvested, and the law provided for that. And, I, you know, and we could go into more detail. We could tell you about in a field, they, they, weren't, they didn't do the corners. They rounded the corners off, and people could get the corners and different things like that. But I'm just saying, they, they had certain... They would provide for those that were poor and, and they would go and pick up whatever they, they dropped. If it hit the ground, it was, it was free game for those poor people. The law provided that. Now Ruth went into the field and she wanted to get leftovers and scraps and things for food. And she was a Gentile, so she wasn't Hebrew. And uh, so she had no business being in the field, but she's second class citizen. So she's, she's not worthy of the full blessing according to the old law and all that stuff. But she's out there trying to gather food. Now I don't know you know, how much food it takes. I mean, that kind of like straw or hay or whatever you're getting from there, corn, who knows what, how much is going to, will that make it for a meal? Is that going to help you for the week? Can that get you just to the next day? I mean, how much do you have to gather? And could you even gather enough if you had a larger family? I mean, what would you do? I don't believe there was a lot to gather because the Bible says that the reapers, the people that gathered that stuff, the Bible calls them sure-handed. In other words, they were good at what they did, because if you had a job, let's just think if you were the guy that was in charge of the fields and you put people to work to gather in all your harvest and you didn't do a good job and you were sloppy and you dropped a lot, you wouldn't have a job because that's profit and loss. You're taking. No, I got to have that. You got to bring that in. The, The less you drop, the more I make. So there can't be a whole, whole lot. They were charged to bring in the full blessing. Turn to your neighbor and say full. Now, Boaz comes riding up. He sees Ruth gathering all this and trying to get stuff. And he, you know, and this is what he does. He says something to, to the workers of the field that blows their mind. He says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to drop handfuls for this girl on purpose. I want you to be butterfingers. I want you on purpose to put stuff down. I want you to be sloppy. I mean, these guys are like, say What? But he's, that's what he's saying. I want you to do it on, on purpose. And, and I don't want you to tell her, but I don't want her to know. I want you to make it look like it's an accident. I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want to humiliate her. I just want you to drop the stuff. You see, that's what grace does. That's what grace is. We come in and we're like, God, I can't do this. God, I don't know. I don't want to have to do this. And grace says, I got this for you. Oh, man. There's times you'll think, oh, man, I don't, I don't have enough. I, I heard a story of, a, of a, a fellow that was in line, and they were in the front of the line, and they had waited to get in the front of the line. And these kids that just didn't respect elders or anything came in, and they were just like, hey, man, get out of the way. Get you out of the way. Ooh. Whatever. And he didn't say anything. And him and his wife were there, and they just pushed their way out in front of them. And, and it just kind of made him upset and defeated him. He's kind of like, and then more people got in front of him and more people got in front of him. More people got in front of him. More people got in front of him. And he was first. And now he's clear back here and he's like, God, sometimes life isn't fair. This, I was right up there. We've been waiting for hours. And the guy came in and said, listen, we're so glad everybody is here. We love you. Now, what I want everybody to do is turn around and you're going to. And so everybody in the room had to turn around and he was now last and he became first. 
That's what grace does. Grace will take you for where you think like, oh, I'll never make it. And grace says, you're going to more than make it. Because I got more for you. All you can see is what is in front of you. But God says, I got more. I love going to grandma's house when I was a kid. Because grandma always made an endless, surmountable amount of cookies. My mom, I love my mom. She'll be here next week. My mom would give me a couple cookies. My grandma would give me the cookie jar. She would put that cookie jar down and she would say, and she is the only one, don't you ever call me this. She's the only one that called me Bretzy. Rod? <laughs> Stop that. Tatiana, we don't need any of that now. And she would say, she'd say, Bretzy? Here, you have some cookies. I'd say, Grandma, I already had two. She said, oh, you can have as many as you want. Love me some Grandma. Man, Mom would say, no, that'll spoil your supper. Cookies are supposed to spoil your supper. But then you get to eat more. There's more grace. Okay, never mind. So Boaz says, do all this stuff. The law says you can only have a little bit. But Boaz made sure she had a lot, so much that she had, to, she had to be thinking, these are the sloppiest workers ever. These guys are terrible. But she is stuffing bags now, full of stuff, because they on purpose had left it. Grace says, I'm not just going to save you, I'm going to give you life. You see, God didn't come just so that you could just meander through life and just, oh, I'm just going to hold out till Jesus comes. No, my friend, God wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. He wants you to live on the tops. Now, listen, I'm not talking about just money. This isn't about, you know, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. I'm talking about being happy. I mean, there's people that win the lottery and, and they're miserable. This isn't about money. This is about saying, you know what? I got peace in my heart. I got peace in my soul. God, I got you where I need you and my kids are all serving you. I'm telling you, God is about to give you some grace. Let me just say that if this was around, Ruth's probably thinking these guys would not be on Angie's list. As reputable reapers of the harvest. Now she's filling up sacks. The law says she has a right to get what's dropped. So you and I have this heavenly Boaz, and under the new covenant, didn't just provide for us to get by. Under the old covenant, this is what happened. Your sins were rolled over. In other words, you know, uh, the next year, by a blood of an animal, they were just rolled over to the next year and rolled over to the next year. And everything was covered, but it was just rolled over. It was never taken away, just rolled over. And then here comes Jesus. That's our heavenly Boaz. He comes and he says, I'm going to bleed. I'm going to go to the cross for you so that this isn't getting rolled over. I'm going to do better than that. I'm not just going to roll it. I'm going to take your sins away. I'm going to be the perfect sacrifice to provide for every sin you've ever done. Come on, every sin that you'll ever do, every sin that had ever come your way, if you just yielded Christ, he says, I'll take it away. I'm so glad we're under... Christ see the old covenant was good it met the needs but the new one gives you more than enough Jesus said I'm not just going to roll your sins over I'm going to take them out and not only that I'm going to bless you coming in I'm going to bless you coming out I'm going to bless you in the city I'm going to bless you in the field oh no by the way my by your by my stripes you're healed and uh, I'm going to make this covenant with your family that your whole household will be saved you got anybody in your household needs saved come on 
you know, you got people that you see maybe once, twice a year at holidays. You, you'll spend a holiday with them, but you don't want to go on vacation with them. We need Jesus in our lives. We need Jesus so much that we start doing uh, just what God did. We start loving people and not judging people. Acts eleven fourteen says, who'll tell you words by which you and your household will be saved. God's going to give you more than enough. Here's the first point this morning in getting more than enough. Number one, bring God what is his. Be obedient. Bring God what is his. What you have or what you bring is enough to multiply. I mean, in the, you know, there's times I'm just like, God, nobody wants, I don't have enough to make a difference. I'm telling you what you have is enough. You bring what you're supposed to bring, and that's enough. And it'll give you more. God will help you with that. Under Moses' covenant, when you came to church, you had to bring a gift to sacrifice. If you were wealthy, you brought an ox. If you were middle income, you brought a lamb. If you were of a lower level or a poor income, you brought a turtle dove. Now listen to me, because this is real important. It wasn't equal giving. It was equal sacrifice. I'll say that one more time wasn't equal giving it was equal sacrifice that's why the tithe is so powerful and important you don't have to do what everybody else is doing you know what you what you got what came that's why it's it's not equal giving it's equal sacrifice if you made a hundred thousand dollars this week wouldn't that be awesome see some of you are going i uh i have uh I mean, you know oh, hey all things are possible i guess i'm not just talking about, i'm just saying if, if that's what happened if you made a hundred thousand dollars you could bring in ten thousand dollars as a as a tithe if you made uh a thousand dollars you'd bring in a hundred dollars if you made a hundred dollars you bring in ten dollars if you made ten dollars you bring in a dollar i'm just saying it's not equal giving it's equal sacrifice i'm only using numbers to give you an idea you don't have to match what so-and-so is doing who cares it's not about giving it's about you being obedient it's about you saying god this is what came into my house i love you and i'm going to honor you i'm going to be obedient God says, if they honor me with that, they've been given, I'll treat them the same. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Now, they still gave their animals to the high priest. They'd be slain and offered. The meat would be set aside, used for other things. They wouldn't eat it. They came with their hands full, and they left with their hands empty in the Old Covenant. So they brought something to church, and they left empty-handed. So you came to church with something, you went home with nothing. This is what happened. In Moses' covenant, you got blessed, not when you left, you got blessed while you were in church. You went home with nothing. Now comes David. David brings the Ark of the Covenant back. He set the tent on Mount Zion. He said, roll the curtains up, and we're going to have a, a different kind of worship. We're going to change church just a little bit. See, we got... Now, you know, there's nothing wrong with change if it's from God. You know, that's good. We still... Uh, when I went to church... Uh, years ago, I helped lead praise and worship, played my guitar, and we did choruses. How many remember those? What a mighty God we serve. Bum, 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 what a mighty God we... Love those. Those are good. There's nothing wrong with those. They've just been more progressing. Now they've gotten into more worship and more things are happening. But there's, there's nothing wrong with those choruses. Matter of fact, there's nothing wrong with the hymnals. Just so that you know. We like those songs. I'm just saying, uh, there's not, if you get somebody that can sing an Amazing Grace or do it, oh my goodness... You know, uh, some of those, there's, there's nothing that can replace those. Those are awesome. And, and Mal and, and Kim, they've, they've led those from time to time, and we'll be doing more of those here and there. We're going to throw that kind of stuff. That's good. We're not getting rid of that. What I'm saying is God's bringing in some things that are going to be fresh for you. They're not new to God, but they're new to us. So David changed his service. 
He said, this is, I, before you leave, I want you to do something. They can bring the ox, the, the lamb, and the turtle dove, but I want you to do something. He said, I want you to take home some things. I want you to take cakes of bread, good piece of meat, container of wine. See, he got this revelation. So it brings our second point for this morning. What you get at church, you take home. God wants to give you something. He wants to deposit something in you so that you can take it with you. You see, we serve a God that does more than enough. You need to go back home and the people that don't know God, they need to be like, wow, what? Anybody ever have people that just ask, what do you go to church so much for? We live by a guy that he didn't like church and he told me, I don't like church. And pretty much without saying it, he said, I don't like you because I like church. But here's what I liked about church, not church because of church building, church because of church people. Because I like the relationship that God was doing with church people and what God was doing with me. And so I started asking God, how do I talk to this guy? His name was Doug. How do I talk to this guy about you and not turn him off about all this church thing? Because in his mind, he's just like, this is just religious duty. This is just, I don't like this. See, I don't like that. I get judged by it. I don't like it. And he'd had evidently a hard life. So this is what God started telling me to do. He said, start doing stuff for him. Okay. So I did. If it was time to rake leaves, I'd look at my, my watch and think, okay, I'm going to go rake leaves. Lord, how many? He said, just give 30 minutes. So I'd go out there and I'd say, hey, Doug, I'm going to help you for 30 minutes. I got another appointment. My other appointment might have been to go in and tell Kim hi. I don't know. But for 30 minutes... I'm going to rake leaves. I'm going to help him or whether it was an hour. Then I'd say, hey, I got to go. I never say anything else. I wouldn't tell him about church. Wouldn't tell him about God. Didn't have to just help him do whatever I needed to do. Every time we cooked out on the grill, he liked burgers. Found out he liked burgers. I'd always make him a burger and I'd take one for him and his wife. Hey, I was cooking out. Just thought I'd give you one. Oh, you don't have to do that. I know. I just wanted to make you one. Hey, I got to go see you. And so you know what I'm doing? I'm just telling you because with God, we serve a God that's more than enough. I'm not sitting there saying, hey, listen, I want you to turn to John 3, 16 with me, Doug. Could you do that? You know what he's saying? Pass the ketchup. Because every bite he's eating that burger, he's like, why is that guy, guy giving me burgers? Why is that guy helping me shovel snow? Why is that guy helping me rake leaves? I'm telling you, because I serve a God that's more than enough. And I want to show you that it isn't about religion. It's about relationship. It's about serving God that says, I know where you are. I know what you need. I'm going to send somebody to help you. Say amen to that. See, in Moses' system in the tabernacle, you left the sacrifice. Acts 15 says that God's going to restore the tabernacle of David. You want, God wants you to take something home with you. More than enough to meet your need. See, we don't have to come to church. We get to come to church. Can I just say, you need to get somewhere. Because if you don't decide, whatever is going to try to decide for you. You need to say, oh, this is for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And people can say, I don't like that. You know what? I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that. This is for believers then. We need to understand God is looking for people that will just love people. Not judge people, but love them, but not be afraid to stand up and say, you know what, that's just wrong. The Bible is against that. We've, we've missed opportunity instead of saying something else. We should have just said, you know what, the Bible is against that. Whatever the Bible says, that's where I stand. We, we need to be men and women of God that are going to say, all right, God, help me do what you need me to do. I get to come to church. 
I get fired up to come to church. We need to quit being religious and just start being who God wants you to be. You know, if you got a witness to somebody, do that. Sometimes use words if you have to. But just love on them. Just love on them. They just need help. Don't have to ask for anything. Show them what Jesus would do. You see, when we, we leave here, we're not to leave here empty-handed. We're to go home and say, you know what, I'm not alone. There's more past my problem. I can't see, Brett, past my problem. Well, if you get up on God's shoulders, you can see. If you let him pick you up, you can see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is something over there past that. You've got to be able to see past that. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I can do all things. God is for me. Who can be against me? I got the blood. Greater is he that's in me, he that's in the world. I'm the head, not the tail. The devil's under my feet. I got his name. I got his looks. I got his strength. I got his authority. Help me, somebody. Oh, I just feel like I'm getting wound up. If this was a little slippery floor, I might moonwalk for you, but I don't think I can do it on Maybe not. Some of the guests in the building, oh, I don't know. He's going to moonwalk. I'm out. <laughs> How about Naaman? Naaman had leprosy, and he had a little slave girl that saw him dying, and she told him to go down to Samaria and find a prophet, and, and she said, he can heal you. In desperation, he listened to her. History records Samaria is 120 miles away from him one way, but he went. You know, but he complained the whole way. <laughs> Have you ever went somewhere and just complained? <laughs> we've got four kids we've we've lived through that you want to go here yeah what's it taking so long for we've been in a restaurant i don't want to eat i don't know what to get they have seven thousand things on the menu pick one be a surprise i had that last time pick something else grace grace anyway uh 120 miles away when he got there he thought the prophet would make a big deal because this guy was he thought he was all that in a bag of chips i'm a general i got money i got power i'm famous but he was a leper and the and the prophet didn't even acknowledge him didn't even turn his way matter of fact didn't even talk to him personally he sent somebody to tell him he says go down to the river jordan dip seven times so he got no fanfare Jordan River was 30 miles further than what he just went so 120 and 30 now he's at 150 miles one way 300 miles round trip he said seven times now and then he starts thinking like this he's about to go off have you ever went off have you ever i mean have you ever been pushed to the point where you're just like snap snap oh wah bruce lee on some, you know i mean there's no time for miyagi wax on wax off no you already waxed it all buddy you're going hmm there's times in my life that I have went off. There's not very many of them. There's times that, you know, and I'm not proud of those times. There's times when I guess you could say I, I, I felt like I hulked out, you know, I just all of a sudden went green or something, you know. People like, I remember them trying to, Brad, Brad, stop, you know, because I was just like, I had snapped. Now, this is years ago. That hasn't happened for years. But I'm just saying, you ever did that? Naaman's probably at this point, look, I am dying of leprosy. I don't want to go 150 miles. Why the Jordan River? Why? I mean, there's other rivers around. That's nasty. It's dirty. It's further. Uh-huh. It's hot. When we stopping? Where's the restroom? Gotta go. Uh-huh. You know, all of these kind of things. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm awake. <laughs> 
So he, he dips the seventh time, and he doesn't just get healed. He comes out of the water. Now, you know, I don't know if on three times he's like, hmm, I don't know if he's doing Sesame Street near, far. I mean, you know, he's four, five. Is that good? No, two more. On the seventh time he comes up, the Bible says, listen to this. They said that his skin was the skin of a newborn baby. I think Kim's been dipping in the Jordan. I mean, can you imagine coming out of the water and being like, (gasps) let me ask you this question. Have you ever had your kids in a pool or been to a lake and you're like, hey, kids, time to go. Let's go. Come on, get in out of the water. You might as well be Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. My kids would go under the water so they can't hear me. Come on. Naaman, I'm sure, is probably crying. He's happy. He's worshiping. He's praising God. Because you know he knows. He looks at his skin and goes, hot diggity dog. I mean, so he's, he's happy. The Bible says he goes on to be so, he's so excited about it that he gets an idea. He's got to go back to Syria. Okay, and in Syria, they, they, they worshiped a god named Raymond. This is where they got to show everybody loves Raymond. No, they didn't get it there, but it sounded good. But that's what the God's name was. So, so he takes, he starts taking mud from the Jordan. He just take, he's, you know, he's excited because he's like, check it out. So he, the Bible says he packs two mules full. I mean, sacks of mud. And he gets back to the temple. He goes back to Syria. He gets back to where everybody loves Raymond. He goes into that temple and he takes the mud out and he puts it down. He says, you can worship whoever you want. But as for me, I'm standing, this ground is holy. Because he knows God did something for him. What would happen if we in America today would start saying, you know what? God, I'm going to take you for whatever you tell me. I'm going to believe in everything you give me. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to show whoever you want me to show. I'm going to love whoever you want me to love. I'm going to be obedient to whatever you want me to do. And anybody that wants to see me, they can do whatever they want. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Here's our last point. You see, God doesn't want you to just have church. He wants you to take home something. He wants you to come to church and go, man. I mean, I just had somebody tell me just the other week, they just said, were you just talking to me? And this isn't about me. You can go to any church of God. They're preaching God. It'll seem like you're just sitting there and they have somehow read your mail. You ever had your mail read? I said, did you call him? How's he know that? What's going on with that? And you just feel like God is saying, here, do this. Here's number three. Share what you got. You see, he wants you to come to church. He wants you to bring your gift, be obedient. He wants you to go home with something because he wants you to share what you got. He's going to give you more than enough so you can share. He's going to give you more than enough so you can share. There's a world of people that need to know they're more important than a whichever. I serve a great God that gives me more than enough. More than enough. I can see Naaman packing down stuff. I can see him excited. It kind of reminds me of... uh, Ebenezer Scrooge or something after he wakes up and he finds out he's still in his room and then he's, <laughs> he's all, I'm giddy as a schoolboy. It has nothing to do with, 
You know what I'm saying. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Listen, I'm just telling you, I, you know, I don't care where you work. I don't care if you're the only Christian where you work. That's probably because that's why you're there. Pastor, I'm the only believer there. Yeah, somebody's got to be a light. And so God is entrusting you with it. I don't care if nobody else in your family is serving God but you because God is saying because if you are, then his presence is going to be there. You're going to start rubbing off on people. His, his anointing is going to start being there. He's going to start using you to break through stuff the enemy has stopped them with. He's going to use you to be that catalyst to get your family to find out who he really is. He's going to throw some grace your way. I'm saying God's ground will take over the devil's ground. God's ground will take over the devil's ground. If you're like, man, Brett, I've lost it this so many times. I'm telling you. <laughs> I want to share something with you. I didn't share it in the first service. Of course, some of it I've already shared. I didn't share it in the first service. But listen, I, I hope this ministers to you. I feel the Lord needs to share this with someone. He wants me to share it so it'll help you. Somebody in here, or maybe there's several of you, are saying, you know what, Brad, I, it's been so long since I felt that presence. Where do I go from here? I mean, you know, I don't have a lamp that I can rub and just wish, and then he'll just appear. Where do I go from here? I want to give you something very practical. Can I do that? Jesus' mother and Joseph his father took Jesus into town. The Bible says they had a company and a company could be, uh, I don't know, you'd have to look it up, probably 100 or more people, 300 people, I don't know. And they, they left and they couldn't find Jesus. It took her three days, three days. Now, I know there's moms in the building, but I can almost say in my wife's sleep, she probably knows where her kids are at all times. You know, when they were living at home, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just something in there. There's just that mother's instinct. You know, she's you. You mothers know you'll be out there. You'll be out. You're, you can go to Cedar Point. She's like, that's great. One, two, three, four. OK, yeah, that's good. She's counting. She knows for three days. Mary couldn't find her son. I don't know about you, but I already know what my wife. She would be doing that thing where I said, you know, do you ever just go off sometimes? Where's my baby? She's going to know. And if you have him, you're going to cough him up. The Bible says that she found him the last place she saw him. Here's my point. You will find him if you don't know, what do I do now? Where's the last time you remember what you were doing when you knew he was with you? Now, you ought to know this. He never leaves you. But we will step away from him. Where was it when you were in relationship where you knew like, man, God was right there with me. Go to that place. Doesn't mean a physical place. I'm just talking, what were you doing? How was your life? You will find him again. I need somebody to give God another shout. <clears throat> in 2 Kings 4, he tells the widow woman to borrow as many vessels as she can, start pouring, and the oil never ran out. Till her vessels did she only had a little bit of oil and you know she wanted give me another vessel there weren't any more so you know she limited what she could have had more if she had got more vessels well that's a whole nother message 
But what I'm trying to tell you is God was going to give her more than enough. This is what he said through the prophet. Sell what you have and pay your debt. Turn to your neighbor and say, pay your debt. God can remove debt from your life so you can pay your debt. He didn't stop with her there because she had sons that were going to be taken because her husband was passed away and he had debt. And so they were going to take her sons away to pay for that. And so she was about to lose her next generation. But God said, I'm going to take care of that. Turn to your neighbor and say this, but God. Some of us in here need a but God. You might be saying, Brett, you don't understand. I got to have this bill money or I need this or I need that or I I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm telling you, but God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. God is bigger than your problem. It is bigger than anything you're facing. But God. Oh, my Lanta. That's not scriptural. That was just me saying that. God says, pay your debt and live on the rest. God is, I'm just telling you, you can enjoy the rest of your life. I'm not talking just about money. Every time anybody talks about, you know, everybody, oh, listen, people win the lottery and are miserable, you know, let's just talk about doing what we're supposed to do and just, God, we have more than enough and watch how he blesses you. God is going to give you overflow. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. God says, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be pressed down, shaking together, running over so that you can live on the rest. You might be saying, well, you know what? It hasn't happened yet. Well, keep doing what's right. It will happen. You got to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. You just got to keep doing because somebody needs to be doing what's right. Because somebody isn't. I'm telling you, you're more than a whichever. My, my wife just told you he knows the name of stars. He knows every hair on your head. He certainly knows you. He created you. He's more than enough. Say that he's more than enough. <clears throat> I got to take a deep breath now. If you have a seatbelt, turn to your left and your right. You can snap those right here. Here we go. <clears throat> now, let me just put this disclaimer in here. If you get really rowdy, I'm okay with that. If you can't stand your seat, I'm okay with that. If you need to run the aisles, I'm okay with that. If you need to slap your neighbor, better ask them first. <laughs> just want to make sure you're awake. Okay, here we go. He's more than enough. He's the advocate. He's the almighty. He's the ancient of days. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the alpha, the omega, the first, the last. He's the begotten, the beloved of God, the chief shepherd, the counselor, the consolation of Israel, the day spring, day star, desire of all nation. He's the elect, the everlasting, the eternal one, the firstborn, the first fruits, friend of all sinners. He's God with us. He's the great teacher. He's the great high priest. He's the head of the church, the heir of all things, the hope of glory. I am that I am. He's the judge of the living and the dead. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the bright and morning star. He's the light and the life and the living stone. He's the mediator. He's the man of sorrows. He's the good thing out of Nazareth. He's the overcoming lamb. He's the omnipotent God. He's the Passover. He's the prince of peace. He's the rabbi, the redeemer, the ransom, the star of Jacob, the son of man, the son of God, the true vine, the tree of life, the unspeakable gift of God, the victor, the voice of God, the Christ, 
the way, the truth, the life, the word, the wonderful, Adam's creator, Eve's promised seed, Noah's ark, Abraham's sacrifice, Isaac's substitute, Jacob's wrestler, Moses's staff, Aaron's rod that budded, Samson's strength, David's slingshot, Deborah's song, Solomon's wisdom, Elijah's mantle, Elisha's double portion, Isaiah's righteous servant, Jeremiah's righteous branch, Ezekiel's man of fire, Daniel's ancient of days, he's more than enough, Hosea's faithful husband, Job's restorer of the wasted years, Malachi's day star from on high, Matthew's Messiah, Mark's miracle worker, Luke's son of man, John's son of God, Peter's rock and the keys to the kingdom, Paul's potter and the power over the clay, the one in Revelation who was dead, is alive, is king over death, hell and the grave. He's above everything, so you can't lift him up. He's beneath everything, so you can't put him down. He's inside everything, so you can't lock him out. He's outside of everything, so you can't put him out. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's there. He's Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He's Jehovah Nisi, our banner. Jehovah Tiskanu, our righteousness. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Mekadesh, the one who sacrificed. Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's more than enough. Hallelujah! Listen to me. You got something to take home with you, and his name is Jesus. You got something that's greater than any problem you have. His name is Jesus. Brett, I need more money. No, you need more Jesus. I'm telling you, God is the answer to everything that you need. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?